You're listening to Animated Opinions, the animation podcast that will never be as good as the Angry Birds Drink Piss in the Angry Birds movie. I'm Melanie. And I'm Emily. And today, we are here to answer the question, will nothing stop Robert Zemeckis? Turns out the answer is, yeah, the next 88 minutes are what will stop him. Uh, We're gonna watch Mars Needs Moms. I mean, it's it's just one of those movies that I don't think anybody really saw, but everyone universally despises. I can't believe anyone saw this. People definitely went to go see it because it did, in fact, make some money. Not enough money, but it made some money. It made a dollar. Uh, yeah. Just one dollar. That's right. It cost $150 million to make, and it grossed mm-hmm. worldwide $39 million. For anyone who can't do math, that is a loss of one hundred and twenty-one million dollars. <laughs> For anyone, including you, who can't do math, on its opening weekend, it sold about the same number of tickets as it did screens that it was playing on. Yeah. So that is one person per screen seeing Mars Needs Moms. So its premiere... Um, Debuted it in fifth place that weekend, grossing $6.9 million, which was made, this is, and I quote, made even more pathetic by the fact that it debuted in 2,443 D theaters, including a substantial 200 plus IMAX screens. Oh, seeing this movie in IMAX would have been the opposite of a treat. And to really, really, uh... really sink this in, Mars Needs Moms had the lowest debut yet. For a broadly released modern 3D animated movie replacing Alpha and Omega. Replacing a movie that I'm not entirely sure wasn't made by artificial intelligence. Uh, so, Robert Zemeckis. The king- Well, okay. Okay, will Andy Serkis sue me if I call him the king of mocap? I am unclear if Andy Serkis would listen to our podcast and hear you say that to sue you. Andy Serkis has, like, a high-tech Google alert out for his name. If you don't think Andy Serkis is already on his way to my apartment (laughs) to tell me about how he is the greatest animator of all time, you're sorely mistaken. We're gonna start by saying that this is a film made with motion capture. And that is, I think, a majority of the film's problems already, is just the way it was done. Oh, yeah, the motion capture is just creepy on these like kind of realistic but kind of not character models like oh the movement isn't really fluid and it's a little too much because people are overacting because they're in a suit covered in ping pong balls and like seth green is the size of a child but i can still tell it's seth green and it's messing with my head yeah oh yeah and seth green they did all the mocap with seth green they spent six weeks And he was in, you know, that ping pong ball suit that everybody knows and loves. And he performed Milo's lines. Milo is our main character. But they decided after doing all this that it was too mature for the character. So it was dubbed over by a 12-year-old actor, Seth R. Dusky, who tries his best. He did a good job. Yeah. I mean, I... He was 12. I find the voices of children insanely (laughs) annoying. (laughs) I feel bad now. I the the kid I'm the gonna, kid did it. Nope, his that's best. the quote. That's the quote of the podcast. That's our tagline for everything. I find the voices of children extremely annoying. Like when people bring their kids in for lunch and I just hear a child, I just visibly cringe and move away. Yeah, your ovaries are just like, ah why they shrivel up a little more and each day I count down to when potential menopause will happen. Yeah, you just wait until you can blow them away. They're just <laughs> dust in the wind. <laughs> That's it. That's the podcast. I just pray for menopause and cut. <laughs> Mars needs moms. You can tell that this is a real banger based on the fact that we do not want to talk about it. It's not that we don't want to talk about it because we, I mean, okay, we kind of don't want to talk about it, but it's because there's so little to talk about. This film is it's 88 true. minutes of extreme blandness. This film is 88 minutes of plot points. There is no B story that, like, doesn't just happen inside of the A story. There is only the A story. There is only A story. 
That's fair. Hey. Uh, anyway. So Mars Needs Moms is based on a book by the comic strip author Burke Brethed. Did I? Yeah. Yeah, you did it right. Brethed. Uh, yeah. By Burke Brethed. He did Opus and Bloom County, both of which are fantastic comic strips. Very sentimental. Very fun. Uh, he really liked this movie because it was based off of his son, Milo, yelling at his mom, I wish I never had a mom. And so he wrote a book that ends with the near death of a mom and child, and he was glad that it made it to the big screen intact. You know, because for kids. For kids. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I thought the book was cool. I gave it a quick read. Uh, the illustrations are gorgeous. The story is shorter in a picture book, as you would imagine, and thus doesn't need to carry 88 minutes of my attention. I did not look into it. I didn't even know that it was based on a book. I thought it was just somebody with an eight ball of cocaine in a pitch meeting that just this was the film that came out. Man, the best part is his aliens are, like, goofy. They look like Ooh. they're, like, bright green and purple, and they're, like, gloobie, and they look like they're ready to party, and they're in spacesuits. They're not these, like, crazy uh, hoof-legged women beasts. That's how I'm going to describe the aliens. All right, that's cool. Um, Before we get into talking about the plot and our thoughts on this film, I just want to address one thing. Nobody saw this movie, but people despised this film before trailers were even out. And then once the trailers were released and they saw what it was going to be, they hated it even more. It is very clear by the numbers that this is not a film that people went to see. And yet, if you look up any article about this film, it is just spewing, spewing hatred. And most of it, oh, yeah. shockingly, is not about the story or about the film itself. It's about Robert Zemeckis as a director, and we'll we'll address and that after we after we have a conversation about Mars Needs Moms. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to this. Uh, Mars has aliens on it. They exist. Uh, the Martian supervisor, who's like a prune of an alien, I hate her. I hate her so much, observes Earth and sees a mother actually mothering her child by nagging him to do his chores. And the Martian supervisor, the old prune, says, bring her to Mars, except she says it in alien language without subtitles, which is really great. Very good to open your movie in a made-up language that doesn't exist great i'm really invested in the story oh absolutely when they they're bringing her to mars in order to extract the essence of her momness and put it into the nanny bots to raise the coming generation of martian hatchlings who just pop out of the ground like gross little motion captured globs of yeah and to make it even better we don't get subtitles for this like you said it is all just context clues and I honestly was not paying that much attention. And I was confused for pretty much the rest of the movie. Like, I got the basic gist of it. But I was like, are these parents? Are they just selecting one? Like, what is going on in oh. this? We are never yeah. told why Mars needs moms. There are clearly two female aliens already there because you know they curvy. And also... They are very curvy. Like, fuck this movie. Because why is it only women who can act as, you know, primary caregivers of their children? If they found a single dad that was parenting his child the same way that unnamed mother, who we're going to refer to as Joan because it's... Uh, I like it. Joan... I can dig it. Joan Cusack? What's her name? Sure. I... You got me on that one. This movie had, like, four characters. Anyway, like, if there was a dad that was doing the same thing, would they just skip over him because, like, men can't parent? Or are they, or do they well, only know how to target women? Like, they're just like, all we have is female DNA. How did this even start? That is never addressed. Martian society itself is matriarchal, so I think they just assume that the men are useless on Earth as they are on Mars, and they ain't wrong. Let's not mince words here. Men, who needs them? Basically this movie. Yeah, that's the, this movie's actual moral 
is men who needs them. Pish. Yeah. So Milo is a nine-year-old boy who hates doing his chores and doesn't like following rules. And he tells his mom that his life would be better without her. And it breaks her heart. Hey, I want to point out that the mom started this. She She says, I wish I didn't have to be a mom. No, she says, I wish I didn't have to be a nagging mom. Okay, which come is on. different. That's clearly which saying, I wish you were never born. No, that's a little bit different than saying, I wish you were never born. Saying, I wish I wasn't a mom is different than saying, I wish I didn't have to be a mom that nagged you constantly and you would just fucking listen. Okay, I don't know though. I feel like Joan threw the first stone and should not be surprised that a nine-year-old does not know how to retaliate appropriately. I mean, I just think nine-year-olds are irrational and I don't deal with them on any given basis, so I can neither confirm or deny that. No. Oh, also, Milo's dad just is not there. He uh, he did get, like, snowed in at the airport oh, on yeah, a business yeah. trip. And he wasn't lying. The screen in the airport actually said flight canceled. I looked because I was curious if the movie was also going to play, like, no, Milo's dad is just terrible. No, dad got snowed in at the airport. No, dad is very like clearly portrayed as like a loving parent or at least somebody that milo really really loves whereas like mom who's there constantly and does all this shit for him is just like fuck you mom i think mom's tired because dad's probably been out for a week and she's had to deal with milo all by herself oh yeah milo is just an absolute brat and it's very very obvious the character models we're gonna we're gonna real quick address those because they are weird and they are clunky none of them really look good milo uh especially and this is all i can think of when i see him and i will never not see it milo looks like that kid from jumanji when he gets turned into a monkey and then you mix it yeah he does you mix it with seth green so you have a monkey boy seth green and it uh, definitely on all the characters, there was not enough cleanup. Milo's got these big wet eyes oh, and God, you've got yeah. like the rims for his eyelids and they're just like, oh, they, it grossed me out whenever they would do a, fa- a tight face shot. Which they love. Oh, yeah. They really wanted to have their cake and also just devour it with only their mouths. Like they... They loved these character models. They wanted they wanted it to be realistic and they wanted to use the motion capture. But at the same time, we want those big Disney eyes that everybody loves because everybody knows that big-eyed characters are young and innocent and cute. Fuck it. Ugh. Now they ain't. The aliens are awful. I was ambivalent towards them. There were moments I was like, eh, all right. And then there were moments I was like, oh, all right. No. Okay, so <laughs> our main alien character, Key is like a very overly sculpted woman and they make sure that you notice this a lot of times and it made me uncomfortable how like put together her waist and butt were like somebody really cared about making sure this character had a teeny teeny waist and a big old booty and i was like ah why oh yeah she's an alien she's thick but we haven't gotten to her yet because we have to talk about the fact that After Milo tells his mom that he doesn't love her and he wishes she'd never existed and he didn't have a mom, etc., 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 he discovers that his mom is being abducted by aliens. He runs after her. They end up in separate parts of the Martian spaceship. And uh, on Mars, Milo is captured and taken to a cell. He escapes, obviously, or else we wouldn't have this movie. He is chased by Martian guards, and he follows a mysterious male voice, strangely human, that tells him to jump down a chute, and he lands on the surface of Mars, basically. And he sees some... In in a trash Oh, yeah. He lands in a trash heap. And he sees some trash creatures. Trash boys. Trash boys. Uh, And we have what I... Like, when Milo goes to apologize to his mom... Because he can't sleep. He's like, what's the cat's name? Meow. Cool. So they own a cat as well. And there's a scene where Milo feeds the cat broccoli. And Joan is like, you've poisoned the cat. That's why he's throwing up. And I was like, fuck you, Joan. Cats can totally eat broccoli. It's safe for cats to eat. Your cat's throwing up because you probably fucking season it with nothing. And it tastes like shit. Anyway. Wow. Moving on. Dang. So Milo gets up to apologize to his mom. And he puts on shoes. 
Like, he, who, yep. who wears shoes in their house? Like, sneakers. Not like a house shoe. No, he just does put on sneakers to be in the house some more. Yeah. Like, that. no. No. I wonder if that wasn't um, somebody saying, like, well, Milo can't go to Mars without shoes. And it was the only time they could think to have him re-put on shoes rather than okay. just always All be right. wearing no. them. No. Fuck that. Because on the surface of Mars- That's a studio note. No, fuck it. Because on the surface of Mars, they don't have to wear special suits. They just dick around on the surface of Mars and it pisses me off. The aliens on Mars, they wear helmets. Yeah. The Martians seem to not be able to live on Mars, which leads to a whole host of questions. Like, did they colonize it? Did they decide that this barren red planet was the best place to live? But then it's just like, Martians have been here forever. The film seems to imply that they live inside of Mars, which even more questions. Because apparently Milo doesn't wear a helmet inside of Mars. I guess we're to believe that Mars is hollow on the inside and it has oxygen a la Earth. Well, yeah, the moon is hollow. Yep. Anyway. Yep. I'm really mad because Milo basically dies twice in the last paragraph of things we described. He manages to get his hoodie caught on the ship one his hoodie should have he should have fallen right out of it and broken all of his bones falling onto the ground would have been great two he gets into the ship's clutch and is hit by such g-force that he passes out again dead no question three he tumbles down a minimum of a hundred feet into many pieces of metal in a trash pile impaled dead milo death count currently at three okay i didn't care about that i was more paying attention to the fact that I hated the way the cloth looked in this movie. And I was pretty glad, actually, that the only characters that really wore loose clothing were Milo and his mother. Because I could not yeah. stand it. it. I don't know what it reminded it me didn't, of, but I no, didn't it, like it. No, it didn't wrinkle or anything. It just was. It just deformed and it felt way too heavy. And after... Yeah, his sweatshirt... Oh, after we established sick. that the gravity on Mars is much, much less... the fabric is still so like heavy and dense additional thing the gravity on mars is inconsistent throughout the film at one point milo receives a weight belt and then he takes it off and then gravity isn't a problem again until he's outside beyond the point also they love their close-ups of milo they love it oh he's so gross yeah we get those those gross little freckles and the mouth i just really wished that we could cut milo from this whole movie and my my thinking is we cut Milo from the movie so we never have to look at him again. And then the aliens just abduct human women in general. Doesn't have to be mothers. And then they traffic them, like interplanetary trafficking. And you've got an intergalactic crime drama right there. It's so much better. You can still call it Mars Needs Moms. We can call it Mars Needs Moms, but it would be dark and gritty. Milo death count up to three at this point. He is whisked away by these creepy-looking creatures, uh, which we discover are Martian men. They look like trash creatures because they are trash creatures. Um, They're furry, and they don't... Milo just keeps yelling, my mom, and it's clear that they don't understand my mom. She... She feeds me? She's like... He's like playing this bizarre game of charades, and they're all just imitating him and like hooting like apes. Yeah, they are basically just the missing link. They're monkeys. Yeah. They're nonverbal monkeys. Yeah, they're nonverbal. They do nothing. They only don't murder Milo, I guess, because he's little. They serve like one plot point. But Milo is saved from these disgusting trash men by Gribble, aka George Ribble, the childlike adult pile of goo who has told him to jump down the chute. Gribble explains to Milo that the Martians plan to extract Milo's mom's memories at sunrise. Gribble, who's lonely and doesn't want Milo to leave, pretends to help Milo rescue his mother, but his plan goes awry, leading to Gribble being captured and Milo being pursued by the Martian guards. Gribble is constantly swinging back and forth between, like, manic and scary for an adult man and definitely trying to get put this child in danger so he can save him and give this kid Stockholm Syndrome so they're best buddies forever. Oh, yeah. And, like, there's there's not weight to Milo when he falls, first of all. I, I want to address that as well. And yeah. he... There's, there's, like, a communism joke that happens, and I was like, all right, movie... But Gribble, he swings so wildly because he never grew up. 
it's scary because he is a giant child and you kind of see this behavior in like serial killers honestly Ribble me like I was worried for Milo as an adult woman watching this like I don't want you near this man oh, yeah. child go back to the huggy ape men oh yeah they seemed like they wouldn't hurt you but meanwhile Milo is like not threatened by this giant adult man who told him to jump down a garbage chute he fucking is grilling Gribble for information and he fucking grabs him by the nipples and like twists his nipples to coerce information from him and I was just like what? Why Why would you immediately go for the nipples? Like, who in the writing room decided that that was the go-to? Also, just that Milo immediately read that Gribble wasn't an adult man, but was another child. Like, he didn't question that at all. He was like, all right, you're a big kid. I'm going to show you that I'm in charge here and you're going to help me. Yeah, but, well, it's because he's got the same attitude as a child. Like, children know yeah. when you're an adult and when you act more mature. But if you're not acting like an adult, you're going to be treated like a child. Gribble makes me uncomfortable as a character concept, and he's the only character that Milo interacts with for, like, the next 25 minutes. Unfortunately for us, Gribble is also one of the best-looking characters in this film. He is, like, he is the closest thing to realistic. He's not very creepy to look at. Do you want to know at. why? It's because why? the only thing I can think of is that there was more cleanup that had to happen on his character because it's like a giant man you know motion capture having worked with motion capture before it doesn't really and at the time i don't think they would have had the ability to do this just based on how the rest of the film looks that they wouldn't have known how to get this kind of reaction of a physical being without going in and cleaning it up so i feel like they had people go in and clean up gribble and like rework his face so that it worked and so that there was the proper amount of deformation and all of that jazz and so gribble looks the best in this movie because they had to go in and do all this because i mean gribble's character wears basically a mocap suit in terms of like how much flesh he's showing which is totally just like a good we don't really have to animate that realistically kind of thing oh yeah oh yeah what, yep. what happens so oh, he's chased by guards yeah this this is just how often this happens milo gets chased by guards a lot but oh again nobody really like we i just had a moment where i forgot what happens because uh, they're it's so boring. This happens over and over and over. Milo gets in trouble. Milo gets rescued. Milo gets in trouble. Milo gets rescued. Milo gets in trouble. Milo gets rescued. Like, that's the movie. Like, I had to actually look yeah, at our story notes to figure down. out where the hell we were. Because we now are introduced to another character who is supposed to be our girl character in the movie. And that's the only way I can describe her. Key. She's pink. Yeah, she's pink. Because uh, girls like pink, right? Anyway. Girls are pink. Milo is rescued by Key, one of the supervisors who raise Martian babies. Milo tells her that he's looking for his mom and what a human relationship with a mom is like. And Key tells him that they're mentored by only nanny bots and supervisors and they don't know what love is. But Key <sighs> knows what love is because she watched some old 60s videos that they were just getting transmissions of into Mars. So Key gets to say, like, crazy love far out. That crazy That's love That's totally thing. cool. Yeah. God, I hate that. I hated that more than anything. But she, she also, like, she knows English, but at the same time, she uses it so poorly. But only oh. sometimes. No, she doesn't know English. She's being translated by his headset, except for the funny 60s phrases. Right, but she, like, she... It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work because she goes from, like, kind of funny, broken English with the 60s phrases on, to sometimes on, just cogent statements. There are definitely times when the lip flaps matched, though. Yeah, no, the lip flaps always matched because this movie didn't care. Okay, I, that's why I was thinking that she knew English, because the lip flaps for Key match up. But when, oh, yeah, the when Key is speaking to other Martians or other Martians are speaking and they're being translated, like, through the helmet, the lip flaps don't match. So we spend, like, I, a, a weird amount of time with Key and we're just like, oh, the lip flaps match up. But then she's talking to other aliens and you're just like, what the fuck just happened? Key's got a scary mouth. 
Yeah. Like, I can, I'm imagining her smiling, saying that crazy love thing, and it's just like, ooh, the little teeth and all of her gums, ooh, no lips. Ooh, you know what she reminds me of? The what? fairy character design from Strange Magic. Get out of here. Go. The fairies were better. The fairies were better, but what I'm talking about- Don't bring about... strange magic into this. <laughs> no, I'm just talking about strange like- Strange magic is a precious jewel compared to this movie. I, yeah, no. I was just thinking about the mouths. Yeah, the mouth is almost as scary. Yeah. The strange magic's mouths were scary. Strange magic's mouths were scary. Strange magic is a masterpiece and we can move on. Yes. What were we talking about? Uh, we have Stockholm Syndrome for Strange Magic. Gribble has a robot cat named Two Cat, who's the greatest character in this film. Yes, confirmed. Two Cat rules. Milo returns to Gribble's trash pile after being rescued and finds Gribble missing. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I, we could only assume that he was being taken away to be executed, and that was where I got excited. I was like, yes, yeah, Gribble is gonna die. Uh, finally, he gets what he deserves. So, uh, Two Cat... Gribble's robotic cat spider object takes Milo to the Martian compound where Gribble is straight being prepared to be executed by fire. Yeah. Yeah. There's an outline of an alien straight blasted into the wall. But Milo knows what a firing squad is. Milo is not even terrified. Milo's like, yep, this is what's happening now. He's like, now. they're taking him to be to be shot. They're taking him to the firing squad. Like, there's there's definitely an execution that's going to happen here. And you're just like, maybe be a little bit more concerned, please. The movie spent a long time lingering on that outline of, an, of the many, many Martian women who have been shot to death by this firing squad. And it made me really uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Like, I get they were trying to raise the stakes, but jeez... This is for kids. I got kids here. They also don't hold anybody there. Like, they very clearly let Gribble go when they were going to shoot him. And, like, that outline is just very stationary and very burnt in. And, like, maybe maybe we're reading too much into it. Maybe it was just, like, the last executed person. But I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, it was a grim set detail for sure. Murder, murder, murder. Also, if I may. Yeah. The sets in this movie are basically non-existent. It's a lot of gray corridors, large gray spaces, and then piles of trash. Well, because, Mel, it's spaceships. Space. They did not bother. Like, seeing this movie in IMAX would have sucked because most of the backgrounds don't have anything in them. It kind of reminded me, like, I felt like they were trying to go for, like, that Vogon, like, authoritarianism, but they missed the mark by a huge margin. Yeah, it wasn't, it, this is going to sound weird, it wasn't sterile enough. Like, it wasn't yeah. jarringly sterile. It was just gray. Yeah, it was like, they were just like, shit, we spent all the money on mocap, but we still need these backgrounds. You get you get Lambert 1, and you get the standard gray, and then you can have a slightly darker gray, and then, like, we will approve colors and lights. Yeah, like, they didn't go for a contrasty poppy, like, white and chrome. Oh, So no, that way no. the dark alien uh, military outfits would stand out among nothing, them, which I think would have been really cool. Nothing is actually really reflective in this movie, now that I think about it. No, it's, the textures are funky. They're very they're flat. they're very matte. Yeah. Yeah. They're super duper flat. Yeah, there's, there's nothing reflective. There's nothing that truly gives off. The, I can think of maybe two or three scenes in which there is this great dynamic lighting. And that's it. Yeah. Most of the time they're indoors and they're implying that there's fluorescent lighting overhead. Oh, yeah. Gribble doesn't die, which is unfortunate. Boo! I know. I was really, really praying that we'd have some stakes in this movie that involved actual death but the answer to that is how dare you this is for children milo gets captured trying to rescue gribble because once again milo gets captured i wasn't kidding this is the cycle of the movie milo gets captured milo escapes milo gets captured milo escapes he gets captured but key tosses him a laser gun and he escapes milo and gribble go to a lower uninhabited level where gribble tells milo about his mother's abduction and murder by the Martians 20 years ago. Gribble blames himself for her being chosen by the Martians and regrets that he wasn't able to save her. And Milo convinces Gribble to actually help him instead of just pretending to help him. 
and Key finds them. Uh, Grivel's story is genuinely sad. I just, real quick, Key. When we are introduced to Key, because uh, we have to go back to her and talk about her for a second, because the movie certainly doesn't. We're introduced to her. We're with her for maybe like a minute and a half. And then she's gone again. Like yep. it was very hello, goodbye. And then they reintroduce her. And I was like, I know that she's our girl character because she has lines. But at the same time, you literally just shoved her in the movie and then had Milo piece the fuck out on her. Yeah, 100%. Because Milo doesn't want to hang out with an icky girl. Girls have cooties. Martian girls have Martian girl cooties. Oh, everybody lives. Men are trash. Gribble's mom, Gribble's mom gets so sad. Just Gribble watches his mom get brutally murdered on an alien planet. Which kind of explains why Gribble is the way he is. And it was just like, if I were a kid, that would have scared the pants off of me. Like, there was no reassurance. There was no, like, hey, like, I mean, you know... There was nothing. It was, it it was, was just your my mom, mom is fucking dead and you are trapped on this planet for the rest of your future and you will die alone like me. Dude, Gribble loved his mom so much, he wore a t-shirt with a picture of her on it. Oh, yeah. And that he said that was my only parent. Like that. Oh, uh, it was brutal. Yeah. Yep. So they have they have this moment and then we are immediately thrust into another sequence uh <laughs> that is bright and colorful to offset the trauma that you've just put your children through they discover yeah, but it's a new kind of it's trauma. a new kind of trauma they discover an ancient mural of a martian family and realize that martian children weren't always raised by nanny bots gribble explains that martian female babies are raised by the nanny bots in a technologically advanced society and the male babies are sent down below to be raised by the adult male martians which are the furry gross trash creatures that we encountered earlier and yeah they're you know they're talking about this and key has the realization that it's just like oh my god life is a lie everything i know is a lie and the the was it what was her name the supervisor is the uh matriarch the prune yeah the supervisor's been lying to us this whole time oh my god key and gribble are clearly uh hitting it off and it is disturbing it's gross. Because they have no way to show this other than, you know, maybe acting choices. No, 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 my friends. Instead of acting choices and clever animation and clever framing, we get Gribble blushing. And it doesn't look like he's blushing. It looks like he is diseased. He turns this gross ass shade of red. He looks like he's gonna explode. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's super gross. But yeah, um... Also, can we just talk about the fact that this movie is like, the only good parents are straight and having two of them. Yes, because the only mural we see, there's a female Martian, there is a male Martian, and there is child. This is it. This is what you get. You can have your, your, what are they called? Nuclear family? No, nuclear family. No, yeah, that's a nuclear family. You can have your nuclear family of your straight two-parent household, and that's it. Yeah, and like, Key doesn't even comment on the fact that male Martians are thrown in the garbage immediately. That isn't even scary to her, or like a thing that she has to realize. She's just like, oh, we parented once, what? Yeah, it, it, well, because like, how, how do Martians reproduce? Uh, it looks like the hatchlings just pop up from the effing ground. So, okay. Yeah. I imagine uh, there might be an egg laying and then a egg uh, fertilizing sequence of events that the Martians don't talk about. Maybe? We're not going to talk about it either. Anyway, this movie should have been over 20 minutes ago at this point. Alright. Or, oh, preferably, yeah. it never should have been made at all. I actively felt bad at this point for people that saw it in theaters. Because not many people did, but... Some people definitely did. Some people slow. sat in this movie and watched it. It's so slow. Like, we're, we are uh, at the climax now in which Milo, Gribble, and Key save Milo's mom just before sunrise, causing the energy of the extraction device to short out the electronic locks to the control room. This lets the adult and the adult males and babies get into the room with all of the female Martian soldiers where they run amok, attacking the guards and the robots. 
Milo and his mom steal oxygen helmets and try to escape across the Martian surface to the spaceship that would take them home. But the supervisor shoots at Milo, causing him to trip and shatter his oxygen helmet. Milo's mom takes off her oxygen helmet and pops it on his head, sacrificing herself to the death of space asphyxiation. The Martians are awed, as this is the first time they've ever seen any kind of parental love. And this movie really, really likes to cut to silence. Unnecessarily, yeah, I, remind, like, I, I remind you all. Unnecessarily. This uh, Milo's helmet shatters and his mom takes off her helmet and the helmet, helmet, helmet. This is a long sequence oh, yeah, of yeah. like main characters almost dying and like dying via the laws of science gasping for air praying for the sweet release of death to take them yeah like it's really it's kind of scary and i know as a kid i would have been like i don't like this because like it's kind of like in uh guardians of the galaxy and also guardians of the galaxy 2 uh because you didn't get enough of space asphyxiation and freezing in those movies yeah they they're just totally fine they don't look like their eyes are bleeding or that they're imploding or that the, the or only that their lungs popped. yeah the only indication you get is that they're they like become short of breath and then they pass out yeah and like they pass out yeah but yeah um so uh in my milo's mom lays down to gently die but gribble runs out onto the martian service and finds the helmet he had brought to his mom all those years ago dusting off some of the Martian dirt and assuredly getting some directly into Milo's mom's lungs when he shoves it onto her head and brings her back to life. Absolutely. Key brings the... Oh, yeah, like, she's inhaling a shitload of Martian oh, dust. Oh, so much of that it's sweet, not sweet good. red dirt. Uh, Key brings the ship around for them to escape in, but the supervisor intervenes. Key argues that Martians were meant to be raised in families with love, but the supervisor insists that the current situation is better because it's more efficient. The guards decide to arrest the supervisor because Key shows the ancient picture of the Martian family and everybody's like, "Mm, yeah, I guess we were lied to. And they all agree with Key and the other Martians celebrate the fact that their entire society has been toppled and now they can live as two parent families. Yeah, Key. Uh, And I guess the males don't live in the trash anymore. Yeah, it's maybe it's like Wreck-It Ralph where they're just like, yeah, you can come up here now. Um, Yeah, they... They really take this very, very well, considering, you know, like they everything they know has been a lie and they just believe this other alien key because we see in the movie what key does like she she helps raise the human, not human children, the Martian infants, but she's not in any position of power. Like there's nothing to to differentiate her from the others. I think it's because she's the supervisor's right hand. But is that ever established? Yeah, in the beginning of the movie, it's just Key and the supervisor picking the human mom. I did not realize that was Key. Yeah, so I think that's the thing, is that like Key is basically second in command and also a hippy-dippy baloney kind of gal. Okay, that's yeah, all I have the to movie say about does not that. bother yeah. to. The movie doesn't really bother to establish that. I just picked it up from context and was like, okay, fine. Yeah, no, I definitely would have had, like, it would have been better for her to, like, recognize Milo, you know? Because they were, they, that's how they picked his mom. They saw this observation of him and his mother. And so I any kind of indication that that was the case would have been nice. But uh, we don't get that. That's fine. No, everyone goes back to Earth. Mm-hmm. And Gribble, despite being a human and despite being from Earth, is like, I'm going to go back to Mars with this Martian babe. Yeah. That's all you have to say about that. Milo and his mom are happy. The end. Credits. Yeah, no. Milo's dad comes home. Milo takes out the trash and shoots it with the laser gun, which he kept. But that was the last charge on it because ha 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 laser gun. The film cuts back to Mars, and the Martians are yet again straight parent households living together. Uh, song, the crazy little thing called love plays over the credits. Yep. That's your whole film right there. It's a whole sandwich. Yeah, we. it's an 88-minute film. It is the shortest film we have watched so far. Strange Magic clocked in at 99 minutes, and Barnyard clocked in at an hour 
40? No, hour 30. Barnyard was a tight 90. Barnyard was a tight 90 that felt like five years. Strange Magic was like a 99 that did not really feel like a 99 for most of the movie. And then this movie was... Yeah, as long as Sunny wasn't as long on as screen, Sunny was, was good. And then Mars Needs Moms was 88 that alternately felt like an entire lifetime, but also you're just like, this movie has to be over soon. It was just a boring movie. We didn't even mention that Gribble adopted one of the male aliens briefly and called him Wingnut oh, yeah. because this character literally did nothing. Yeah. He didn't do anything other than get yelled, Wingnut! Yeah, there's a character named Wingnut. It's kind of like a... No, not George of the Jungle. What am I thinking of? No, George of the Jungle. You're thinking of like Donnie from the Wild Thornberries. Yes, it's like Donnie from the Wild Thornberries where they adopt that wild boy. Yeah. That's Wingnut. Wingnut is Donnie. Yeah. And you're like, you expect him to be useful because he's introduced by name and you're like, okay, this character will come back. And he comes back and does nothing. He's treated like a pet. And it's a little yeah. disturbing. It The men aren't established to be anywhere near as advanced as the females. Like, they don't seem like they're of the same species. Mm-mm. It's, yeah, they're they like completely di- different species. They live in the trash. They're entirely nonverbal. They... It's bizarre. They're very primitive, whereas the women are, I say women, the female aliens are technologically advanced and they live in this, like, weirdly, it's not a utopian society, but it's, it's like. It's very sterile. Yeah, it's sterile. It's well run. It's. It's technologically driven. Yeah. It's, it's well put together. Yeah. So it's very clearly like, oh, men bad women good question mark men holding back uh the progress of the species based on the fact that since they were in the trash the women have built a society and the men have built a trash yeah (laughs) we don't have to talk about that they didn't even have houses no i who decided to develop this lore and was like yes i do not i cannot tell you that because i have no idea Honestly. Why didn't we have a sympathetic male alien who just talked? Why didn't they have little houses? Why why weren't they conscious? Why was there no... Well, it's because there probably would have been an uprising at some point. Yeah, but like... Or we could have just had them be in touch with their feelings and be like, hey, we believe that we should be parenting these babies. Yeah, because like they very clearly like show affection and they love hugging. And so we're just like, ah, I guess the men show affection and they... They hug and they have these tribes and they raise the male babies and it's all good. And then you go up into the female society, which is very sterile and clean and and almost like cruel, I guess. I don't know what point they were trying to make, honestly. Trash is good. I, progress is bad. Trash. Boys are sure. gross. I don't know. Love. I <sighs> This movie. 88 minutes of nothing happening. It wasn't stupid enough where I could be like, these character models are bad and these cows talk funny. Like, I can't show this to someone and be like, this is a very funny, bad movie. No, this is just, it's, it's not even bad. It's just so unbelievably bland. Like, if I wanted to show somebody a film that was, that I had nothing to say about, I would show them this movie. Fucking Mars Needs Moms. It happened. We mentioned before that uh, this is what stopped Robert Zemeckis because the question that we 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 ripped that directly from an article headline. The headline was, "Oh God, uh, will nothing stop Robert Zemeckis?" That was straight up the headline of this article, and I laughed so hard, and I sent it to Mel and was just like. You need to read just this headline. If you read nothing else, read this headline. And what really looks like what happened is this film was doomed to fail before it even began. If you read any article on it, the comments are nothing but hate for the motion capture and not even the motion capture of this film, motion capture overall. And only some people commenting seem to have a vague idea of how it worked, despite everybody weighing in. And people's oh yeah people's real issue with this movie and movies before 
was Robert Zemeckis as a director of animated films and his obsession with motion capture. It wasn't a commentary on the motion capture outside of Robert Zemeckis and motion capture. It wasn't this movie's story is terrible. It was all about Robert Zemeckis directing them. And see, but here's the thing. The Zemeckis style was already established by Polar Express and a previous film. And I think people knew that they were going to get more of these like dead eyed characters swinging their arms around. And they were right. They were. But like, we're just I I didn't take names on these because I don't know if people would want to even be identified. And these are articles that exist in the public domain that anyone can find. Yes, they're, they're cartoon brew they're comments cartoon from brew comments. the year 2005. No, it's got to be earlier than that. Later than that, sorry. Like 2010, okay. 2011, around the release of the film. Okay. And we yes. get the success on these films was due to the animator improving the motion capture data. If they just get good animators to enhance the facial and physical performances, then these motion capture films under Zemeckis would have been better received. Uh, I hope they shut him down. I have nothing against 3D, and I love animation. That said, mo-crap is not animation. As for Bob, he's lost it. He's right up there with George Lucas as far as having completely lost his vision as a filmmaker. Hopefully, Mr. Zemeckis will return to the quality live-action filmmaking he was so good at before his disastrous detour into CG animation. God, it just keeps going. Disney shuttered Zemeckis' creepy nightmare factory known as Image Movers Digital over a year ago, and the performance of this film, which was called one of the biggest money losers of all time, should finally convince the rest of Hollywood that Zemeckis is absolutely clueless when it comes to producing and directing animation. We dodged a bullet with Image Movers Digital being shut down. Their next project was slated to be a motion capture 3D remake of the Beatles' Yellow Submarine. Which- which like, Ugh. whoo, and a who that would have been a Roger nightmare. Rabbit sequel and fun fact, what? Yeah, that genuine reaction. What? No, yeah. no, because he did the first one. That should have been illegal. He did the first one. Yeah, I'm not mocap Roger. No, I don't make the laws. Gosh, and the fact that someone considered that, He's, like, hold, hold, hold. oh, get me out of this universe. Hold, hold. It said that one of the films slated to be made by Image Movers Digital was The Nutcracker, which, strangely enough, Mm. is coming out later this year around Thanksgiving as just a Disney proper. So I guess that they had all this stuff for Nutcracker and were just like, we have to make this anyway. And they waited and were just like, yeah, we're just we're doing it live. Let's do it live. I. I mean, isn't Disney doing their, like, weird old uh, CG plus live action like they've been doing for every movie they've ever already made? Yes. For the Nutcracker? Yes, but this, instead of being straight mocap 3D, would have been, like, live action. It is live action CG mix because you can't have the Nutcracker without visual effects. That's fair. The Nutcracker is mostly crazy stuff happening, like toys coming to life and Rat Kings. I also want, I found these great, great lines, and it was like, Disney must have said, we don't want to make fairy tales anymore, and we don't want artists making our films. Do you have any ideas, Robert? And then Robert Zemeckis goes, let's make a Shark Tale-level DreamWorks movie with Avatar technology, and all Disney hears is Avatar, and they go ballistic. Wow. Wait, don't drag Shark Tale into this. Shark Tale had a story and Jack Black. And Will Smith Fish. Yeah, as much as I don't like Shark Tale, Shark Tale tried something. (laughs) We maybe we should talk about Shark Tale, because I tried watching Shark Tale relatively recently. I was drunk and I could not get past the first seven minutes of it. Shark Tale is a movie that I'm thinking about right now and doesn't make sense, despite the fact that I've got a fairly accurate <laughs> recollection of the plot. Like, I'm thinking about Shark Tale and I'm like, yeah, there were Rastafarian jellyfish. Angelina Jolie played a sexy fish. It was a mob story. I think Jack Black's character was supposed to be gay. Like, there's a lot going on in that movie and it's not coalescing into a story that makes sense. <laughs> I don't think about Shark Tale, like, ever, 
But now that I'm thinking about Shark Tale, I'm wondering what the fuck happened. We're yeah, not talking and about people Shark are like, Tale, oh, Shark Tale's a Finding Nemo ripoff. No, it wasn't. Shark Tale had nothing to do with Finding Nemo <laughs> other than starring a fish. Shark Tale took Finding Nemo and just went, fuck it. And they, they were just like, DreamWorks was like, <laughs> do we make a wholesome family film that's kind of like Finding Nemo? And some executive like did a line and was like, what if we made... Oh, Will Fish, Will Smith is... Uh, Will Fish. He's like Will Smith, but he's a fish. What if we had... What if we had Will Smith be a fish and we have Jack Black as a shark, but the shark's a bumbling idiot. And oh my God, sorry. I just thought about uh, a Bollywood film called Munabahi MBBS, but it's the opposite of Shark Tale. Like the, oh. so, so we've got our shark from a gangster family who wants to be a gangster or like he tries, he lies about his life. Why are we talking about Shark Tale? We should, okay, Shark Tale discussion will be held for our Shark Tale episode, which will be at a later Okay, point. basically all I want to say is the shark story in Shark Tale is the inverse of the doctor story of Munabahi MBBS, which is a great film and people should watch it because it's hilarious. Moving on, I feel like we just wanted to avoid talking about the fact that this movie shut down a studio and over 450 people lost their jobs. Little bit of background. Image Movers Digital is the company that was an offshoot combo venture between Image Movers, which had made successful live action films prior, such as Castaway, and Disney. Image Movers was founded in 1997. They made seven films, as I said previously, but here is where the films need to be mentioned. Some of these films need to be mentioned. Beowulf, Polar Express, and Monster House. There are, oh, there are definitely others. You know, I others. liked Monster House. I don't think I've ever seen it. There are definitely other it's films. Right. There are four other films, but due to the use of motion capture or performance capture... Which, performance capture is motion capture. Get the fuck off your high horse. In 2006, the partnership of Image Movers Digital and Disney released A Christmas Carol, which begins our mocap venture with Disney. And then Mars Needs Moms happened. It was announced that Image Movers Digital would close in 2011, after production wrapped on Mars Needs Moms, and over... 450 people lost their jobs until the studio was shuttered. So it was kind of like waves of layoffs until the film was done. Oh, yeah. And Disney... So they did it legally. Yes, they did it legally. And it was done... You know, it was probably done in like a downsizing way because Image Movers still exists. They have a first look deal with Universal. They're still around. It's not like Image Movers totally shut down. It was the partnership studio of Image Movers Digital that shut down. Which still sucks. But Disney claimed it was to save money. Likely Mars Needs Moms did not help. It it seems that there were signs during the production of this film that nobody was really confident about it. And I feel like that just led to more problems. I can't imagine that you bring, like, the dailies of this film. I'm going to call them dailies. They're dailies. I don't know what you call them in animation. Okay. Yeah, I can't imagine that you bring the dailies of this film into a room with Disney execs and have them not be like, Ugh, this is a January release. I, I don't remember much marketing for this. I remember seeing one trailer, one single trailer. I don't remember what film it was in front of. And I remember this is this is where I admit something about myself. I was kind of excited for this movie. Wow. Because I am a motion capture nerd. I love motion capture. I love motion capture technology. I like the process of motion capture. I like the cleanup of motion capture. It is all things I have done. I have done programming for motion capture, using it in an augmented reality kind of way. Like, this, I come from a background of animation and computer graphics, so having those things combined into actual motion capture really kind of checked all the boxes for me. But I got a look of this film and was like, maybe I'll see it because motion capture? And then I just never heard of it again. 
So this was a March 11th release. It was just uh, dumped out unceremoniously before Easter in order to, I imagine, just get it into theaters and get it out onto DVD. You say so, that. But no, we're done. You say that, but they released it into so many theaters. It wasn't just a dump. Yeah. It was planned. Disney normally does, like, the big brand deals for something they're confident in where they'll, like, set up the McDonald's deal and they'll set Didn't... up brand tie-ins so that way. Oh, uh, when did... I'm going to be totally wrong here. Hold on. When did How to Train Your Dragon come out? 2009? 2012? How to Train Your Dragon is relatively recent. 2010. Okay. So I I was going to say, what did it release against? It didn't run against, like, any kids' movies. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. March 2011 movies. Oh, Rango. So, Rango! Oh, man, Rango blew this out of the water despite it being its second week. And Rango barely made money. Rango was something else. It came out also against Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yogi Bear was out at the same time? No, I don't see that one. Yes. Because this also came out against Nomeo and Juliet then. Oh, Nomeo and Juliet did not make The original. Actually, no, Nomeo and Juliet was in its fifth week, and it had already grossed $90 million. I can't believe people saw that. That amazes me. But yeah, uh, Rango Straight blew this movie right out of the water, sitting at a sick number two on the weekend box office, despite not being a new release. Ooh, all right. So the month after this, Hop came out. Rio came out. Man, this is a bad year for this is like a bad three weeks for animated movies. Yeah. No, Hop just nudged it right out of it. Oh my god, and rubber. I I would conclude I honestly believe that if these films had been live action or fully animated, like let me clarify, live action with CG elements or fully yeah. animated like by hand no mocap or minimal mocap like mocap just for crowds then nobody would have an issue with it but because Agreed. Zemeckis is a live action director it was probably easier for him to direct the motion capture and the real actors than to direct a fully animated feature I would have hated yeah. it more if it was one or the other but because it's so bland overall I just don't have strong emotions about this movie. I could hate it more. I could hate it less. But it's kind of like an ambivalent dislike rather than a hatred. I'm madder that it wasted my time. Again, it wasn't bad enough for me to be like, woo, we're getting drunk and watching Barnyard, boys. (laughs) I I honestly, I wanted to like this, but I just couldn't. It was no strange magic. No, it definitely was not. I feel like of all the films that we end up watching, I feel like Strange Magic is really going to be the one that pulls through. I think Strange Magic, though, was, like, weirdly aimed at us in the sense <laughs> that, you know, we're kind of girls that want to see fairies get it on with a hot cockroach man. <laughs> I don't... Okay, no, no. I just wanted to see something visually beautiful that wasn't hot garbage. Oh, shit. What's our next movie? What is our next movie? I have the list in front of me, and we have plenty of options to choose from. I was going to say, I don't I... have the list in front of me. I'm going to pull it up. What? What? Did, what's yours? My recommendations are Garfield, The Tale of Two I Kitties. Can't. can't. No. Okay, uh, what about G-Force? Oh. Uh, we ju- did just do a Disney movie, though. Did we? Oh, yeah, this was a Disney movie. No. G-Force was a Disney movie? Yeah, G-Force was definitely a Disney movie. I remember a lot of Disney Channel spots about G-Force. We need to watch something. I I feel like, no, that's not even fair because Strange Magic was so good. Disney is a G-Force. G-Force is a Disney movie. All right. Can we watch something that's so terrible visually and story-wise that we both just want to die? I feel like we need yes. to do that. Do you want to watch Ratatouille? Yes, I want to watch Ratatouille and I want to watch Little Panda Fighter because I, I list both of these. Oh, we're doing a two-pack? Yeah, because they're both like under an hour. I'm going to need a lot of booze to get through the two-punch combo of Ratatouille and Little Panda I Fighter. Will... I'm going to need to buy a separate Definitely. bottle of alcohol for this. Well, yeah, you're going to have to have a separate bottle for each. 
Oh, they're really. Uh, they're from Video Brincado. I shared these. Oh, Video Brincado. I shared these with my coworkers, and the response of one of my coworkers was, "I now understand why you are the way you are." And then I realized that it's probably just the people I went to school with that had bizarre senses of humor and enjoyed garbage that had watched Ratatouille. Hi, hello, yes, it me. <laughs> yes, hello, it me. I have seen Ratatouille and Little Panda Fighter more than once. I think Ratatouille <laughs> is the better movie out of the two. The Little Panda Fighter is just annoying. I'm going to defend Little Panda Fighter solely for the super buff polar bear bar owner. Next week is going to be Ratatouille and Little Panda Fighter. You've never heard of them. And if you have, we're sorry. We appreciate your sticking with us. This has been Animated Opinions, the podcast that expresses its views on animation in a way that won't get us fired from our jobs. Hopefully. No, but if we do lose our jobs, you should definitely donate <laughs> to our GoFundMe for Merlin, the sad uh, mermaid child. What? Merlin is one of our biggest fans and needs your help. You need to donate to the GoFundMe for our biggest fan, Merlin. I... Okay. Okay.